0: And once you've got that foundation layer, therefore you can deliver on a project, which is what at the end of the day you're trying to do in a multiple form is, is the way you need to go about building this. Now, that means it takes longer. This is the key with a lot of business owners or people who try to own a business. They want it to happen real quick. They want the revenue to hit real quick. And you can do that by selling. There's a lot of other businesses out there in our market yeah. who are out there go out there and they sell a lot. But if you look at their reputation, the downfall of their reputation is in their operations. So you need to be able, if you're gonna sell something, you need to be deliver on it. Remember, I went back to you know, be competent, be trustworthy, and then deliver on that. So don't sell competency and trust without being able to deliver on it. And the delivery is in the operations.
1: Welcome to the Navali podcast, Behind the Bathrooms, where we talk about bathrooms, business, and everything in between. My name is Ben, and me and my co-host Steve Nokovic started this podcast to share insights and experiences to help people out there who are starting their own business. In future episodes, we want to explore more about sharing tips and advice on renovating bathrooms, but for now, we're going to talk about the business of renovating bathrooms. Joining us on today's episode is business advisor Nasa Abdu. Nasa has worked the valley as well as many other businesses, growing expand in a sustainable way in this episode nasa talks a lot about things a business must achieve before it is ready to grow particularly operational efficiency kpis and financial targets as well as being able to be run by itself for a reasonable amount of time nasa does talk about navali a lot in this episode and that's a byproduct of working closely with steve and navali steve and i want to make it clear that this podcast is not about promoting navali but rather sharing knowledge and experiences to one day hopefully elevate the renovation industry Steve so and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, well, Naz, thank you for hopping onto the navali podcast behind the bathrooms. It's really great to have you on. How are you feeling today? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, and Steve, how are you oh, feeling? Yep, yeah, good. Really good. So we have you on NASA um, pretty much to learn more about what does a business advisor do as well as how a business advisor adds value to a business. And when a person, say our listeners out there may want to kind of look for a business advisor to help them in business. And that's pretty much it. But before we jump in, we'd like to learn a bit more about you, about your background, how you got into it all, and pretty much um, how you met Steve and how that relationship's going. But Yeah. All right. Well, if I go back, um, I've always been a broad thinker. I've always thought, seen
0: things in a more broad manner rather than be specific. That's just the way I am, I guess. I uh, finished school when I did a uh, philosophy degree, um, which really didn't mean it was going to go anywhere, but um, it, it, it encapsulated my idea about broad thinking. Um, and then I sort of landed myself in roles that had strategy always implanted in it and required as a requirement. So I did a lot of corporate development, uh, a lot of management roles pretty quickly. I was able to talk to people and manage people and get things done with people, even at a young age. So that was, I guess, a feather in my cap. Uh, And then as I progressed within my career, I got more involved around corporate strategy and corporate development.
1: Right. So you studied philosophy in uni. Do you feel that going that route helped you in your career and helped you kind of build your assets and build your knowledge and skills? Absolutely, yeah, because it gives you the now to understand uh, the
0: reasons behind things rather than just the actions that are are being undertaken. So when you start to understand that, you start to put together uh, a strategy or you can also look at things and say, well, if they keep doing it that way for those reasons, this may happen. Um, And if you put that into a business framework, That's what you've got to do to build a good
1: business. Right. And we were talking earlier about how you went overseas during this time. Could you kind of tell us a bit about that?
0: Yeah, I went overseas. I lived in Singapore, Hong Kong, and Dubai for just under 14 years. I was quite young at the time. When I first went, I was 26. Um, And uh, it was a total baptism fire. Anybody who's worked as an expat will tell you that you usually are just thrown into things And you've got to be able to sink or swim. Um, And very quickly, once you find the confidence that you are capable, even though you might be walking into something that you don't know that you've done, you've never done before, uh, but you know you're capable of dealing with. And I think that's really key to uh, a business or owning a business is it's key to be able to go, I might not know how to do this because I haven't done it before, but I'm comfortable with the idea that I can manage it when I'm in it. And it's a really important point. I'm going to digress for a, point, for a moment here. And the reason why I say that is a lot of people don't do things until they think they're 110% ready. And by that time, you're too late. And by that time, you've missed your own opportunity. You've got to be able to be, have the confidence that I've, I'm at a certain point, point, right? and I do know what I know, and I've surrounded myself with those who can support or help me where I need it, and then I'm going to pull the trigger and I'm going to get in, and I'm going to do things. And in business, you need to be able to do that as long as you've got that support layer around you and that right mindset.
1: Mm, I a hundred percent agree. Cause I've been through that same situation when I'm a perfectionist by nature. So I want everything a hundred percent ready. And then I realized when I did it and all this stress and all this preparation, you didn't need to do it. I could have just gone through it. I would have learned more if not had better outcomes, just going through it and learning that process and learning the skills on the fly and asking people for help rather than trying to figure it out all by myself and take a very long time, much longer than, and miss out on great opportunities. So 100% agree on that. And the, the baptism of fire is, the, is in the experience. It's not in the planning. Right? Yeah. So um,
0: you, you've got to be able to put yourself out there don't put yourself out there not knowing what you're going to get yourself into. You know, that's, that's a cardinal sin. You know, you do that and you're not prepared or you're not yet ready or you don't have the network around you. That's
1: a real, real no-no. hundred percent. You definitely need to do your research and your due diligence exactly in what you're doing, but you need to be able to take risks and assess risks
0: because um, it's never perfect. It will never be perfect, us, Steve. It's never well, perfect. Well, I was just
2: about to say, like, for you, Ben, you're saying you want, you'll get it to perfection. Not many people will ever get it to that point, and they'll never get there, so they'll never do anything. And I, I remember for us, before we did start the transition from tiling to bathrooms, it was. I was standing in a customer's home who was a very successful businessman. Um, he owns, it's, his name's Peter, he owns a, a very successful patisserie uh, business. And I remember standing in his home and I said, Oh, but I've got to get this right and then I've got to do this and I've got to make sure that's right. And I'm not ready yet. And he just said, Start, just start. And I actually did. I took his advice and just started at that point. And I had to change my mindset and I'm not gonna get it perfect. And then I'm gonna start. When it's it's like having, you know, people who have children. When are you ready to have a child? <laughs> you just sort of you sort of do it and you you deal with it and you you, you learn you learn as, as you go. And um, like NASA's saying, uh, baptism of fire. But by the time you think you got something perfect, it's no longer perfect. That's why it's so never going point? to be perfect. Yeah, you're never going point? to do yeah, it. Yeah.
0: If you can sit in the realm as a business owner and sit in the realm of say eighty to ninety percent of where you want to be constantly, then you're running a pretty good business. Most businesses aren't even there. All right. So if you can get yourself to, you know, a good sixty-five to eighty percent, then you're gonna have a solid business. If you're gonna get beyond the eighty percent where you're kind of already at eighty percent of where the business needs to be at that time then you've got a really good business. 65 to 80% of the time, you, you, everything's at 65% of 80% of where it needs to be. Then you've got a solid business. And it's a slippery uh, slope thereafter, for, you know, beyond that. It's no real, like, you can't be at 50%. You've got to be at 20% constantly. You've got to do a lot of hard work to keep it at 65% and sit it in there. Uh, there's nothing below that. Those, any company that doesn't have things at around 65% plus or more, um, of where it needs to be within the business, they're sitting at 12%. Right. It's not like a, it's not a step process. Yeah. No, it's, it's constantly changing. No. Right. Get your stuff right to a certain point, yeah. but it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. But make sure you don't just jump in without anything right. Yeah. And that's really key, because a lot of people do the opposite of that. They wait. Some, as we said, they'll start... Uh, sorry, they won't start because they want to be perfect, and some will start way too early... And they fall by the wayside. And usually you don't see that until you run out of money. That's the key. You start, I've got some money, I've got some cash flow, and it gets burnt it takes, pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. But then you don't even see it coming. Yeah. You know, it's three, six months, nine months, and all of a sudden you've got no more money and you've got to go back to working for somebody else.
2: And, and, and then what happens is when you're completely underprepared, You'll, 90% of people will never do it again, it's too hard, yep. they go back and, and in our industry they'll revert back to, I'm going to work for myself, I'll never start, I'll never employ, it's too hard, people are a problem, this is a problem, uh, but they haven't done the research, I guess, in the interim, uh, in the beginning and they weren't patient enough to sort of yeah. progress and they've gone too quickly. Uh, that's why we, we do things to me around here quite conservatively and I'd like to think, you know, with a lot of patience, mm. Uh, a lot of people do it too quickly um, without the, the initial sort of investigation, I it's, guess. It's interesting. You bring it up with the kids thing. If you think about it, your first
0: business is almost like your first kid. And, you know, you make everything right for that first kid. And then you have the second kid and it's like everything just goes, ah, oh, that'll be it's right. <laughs> right. That's, that's okay. And that's really oh. what running a business should be more like rather than, you know, um, um, than trying to
1: be perfect about everything. In fact, you're right because I was that second kid. But that leads on to my next question, actually, of um, what upset the business was Steve's Navali at when you met him?
0: Um, I think
1: it was good timing. I, well, I met
0: Steve prior to me coming on as an advisor. I came on to uh, to work with Navali as a consultant, and the difference there is for those who are listening is. Uh, The consultant comes in and does a project. There's something specific that they need to develop for the business, uh, which was a growth plan. Um, um, You know, how do we extend or expand the business? Um, And uh, Steve and I and uh, and the team worked together to put together what what would be a growth uh, strategic plan for growing. Um, And that was pretty black and white. We do this, we get that, we do this, it'll cost that. If they achieve this, we should grow and we can keep doing this in our capacities for the next five years. That was a consulting project that I came in and did. It took about four months. Um, I think we got a lot of insight into the business. I got a lot of insight into the business and the sector personally, and that was, what, five years ago?
2: Yeah. Would you would you sort of use the word like model, framework, creating that sort of, yeah. you know, building the model out? Um, that I, Yeah, and when you say it's more like a consulted, consulting uh, pro- project. Yeah,
1: yeah. We built, yeah, we
0: built a specific model. I, I dug deep into what the business had done to date and we worked out what we'd like to keep doing moving forward, further forward and then I built out what that how we could expand the model through a cash flow perspective, like enough money to grow that business without having to inject further and further capital as you go along uh, and what are the success layers of that. But that's just the growth plan. Uh, an advisor um, is about... Creating some really strong objectives about the business um, and being able to um, always keep the business relative and its decisions and its, its, its actions and its uh, directives to its teams um, relevant to the objectives of the business. And the objectives of the business are relevant to the ambitions of the business owner. Um, and the ambitions of, the, of a business owner should always be, one of them should be, what is the value of my business? What is the what I'll bring is the technical term is the enterprise value of my business. And enterprise value is my business. If I was to sell my business today, what would it, uh, it, it garner in value out in the wider market? And you don't just, um, you don't just get a, a business value by um, um, uh, just going out and doing jobs and finishing jobs and starting another job and doing another job. That's just, a, you know, that's a business, that's a small business for yourself and um, I'm sure the people listening out there know that when you come to sell a business like that, you're pretty much just selling yourself um, and you're selling the jobs you did last year or something like that. So there's a certain if, if, anything, if, yeah. if there's a value at all. But as soon as you start to think about beyond that and you start to grow that out and you have teams and those teams already have systems, policies, and procedures to stick to um, and to use to, um, use as a foundation to grow by it, and then you start thinking about, okay, what is real expansion? That's when you start to look at consulting jobs and that's where you consulting people are coming in and that's when you really need an advisor to come in and to support you with keeping you in line with that end goal. Um, and it's not airy-fairy discussions. It's, it's how is what we're doing right now relative to what we're trying to do and is what we're doing right now a good stepping stone for the next thing we've got to do
1: in relation to what we're trying to do. So from what I'm hearing, I uh, may correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel that like a business advisor is really more about in the scaling and expansion stage of a business rather than the early stage when they're trying to get something working and pretty much testing the market. So this is, so a business advisor would come in and pretty much kind of everything's already in place and a business advisor comes in to make sure it's executed properly, it's run to what the owner is Um, planning it for it to be and strategizing it for it to be? And is that what kind of what a business advisor does? Yeah, 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 that's a a good way to put it. Um, You know,
0: I would say anybody who's out there running their own show and they've only got their one team and things like that, then you should have an orientation around what your business plan looks like and you can get people to help you with that. You know, a consultant come in and help you with that, but it shouldn't be that too too elaborate. It should be really specific and focused um, and driven around 12 to 24 months. Uh, very much revenue and system based. Um, and to get to execute on that plan, you'd probably need a coach rather than a consultant or an advisor at that point in time. I'd say get a coach. Um, and they're quite economical. Coaches out there are quite economical. And they're not in there to sit with you for hours. I mean, they're making sure you're doing the nuts and bolts of what everyday business needs to do. And sometimes you get, you know, you don't, may not know, or you just get lost in doing all the work that you, you don't have the time, you think you don't have the time or you forget to do certain things that are necessary to growing your business at that stage of the business. Right. But as I said earlier, once you get to a point where you want to grow beyond what you, your two hands can do or your two hands and you standing at a job and doing uh, and, and executing on a job like as a site manager rather than being a business owner and having multiple sites or multiple jobs running at the same time, That's when you start to need to to talk to a consultant about how do I get myself out of the actual job and into running the business and growing the business in the process. Um, That's when you make that that leap. Up until then, you need a coach, a business coach. Don't try and get something bigger than that. Get somebody who's going to teach you or support you with doing the day-to-day stuff really well and making sure your business is prepared for you to step out of doing the day-to-day things. Um, so you've got those systems, and procedures done on a day-to-day basis. Then you move into the consulting. You bring a consultant in. You go, well, how do I take – now that I don't have to be there, how do I take this and grow it? Oh, right? okay. Now that I don't have to be there, how do I
1: take this and replicate this or, or multiply this out, right? Yeah. Okay. It, expanding on that then, yeah. so how do you – how do you get – do you approach clients or do your clients approach you and, and is that how the relationship starts? Well, you know? a good, it's a good uh, point in this in that
0: when I first started this, as I said, I, I lived overseas. I got back in 2010, um, started from scratch again, all right, and I came back from living overseas. It wasn't relative. I was working in the corporate world and I wanted to work in – I wanted to be a bit more hands-on and work with business owners. So I was working with small businesses. So – um, you need to show graft early on. you need to get out there and make the work happen for you, but you need to have a plan. so I had a strategy about who I wanted to be. A clear understanding of is why is my business got advisory next to it and not consultancy next to it because i wasn 't about doing the projects that 's not what I wanted to do i didn 't want to go in and then do a project and then go and have to sell. Another project and sell another project. Um, what works for me is that I wanted to be an advisor, which meant I work for years on end with my clients who I enjoy working with and I have a tangible effect on their business. So, um, yes, I did a few consulting projects out there, and that's cash flow. I needed the money, right, early on, but I was consistent and persistent about becoming an advisor. And so, um, When I could put the time and effort into those types of clients, I kept going to those types of clients and telling the clients, this is what I really want to be doing for you for the long term. After a few years, I didn't have to do too much in the way of selling anymore. It was all about referral, which is a big thing for Navali, right? It's about doing things well, having the result, standing by what you say you're going to do, get the result, Um, having a personable relationship with your customer or your client, one that they can rely on, one that they can trust um, and, you know, show, as soon as you can show competency and trust to a client, they're going to refer you on. First of all, they're going to buy from you, right? If you've got you can show competency and trust and you don't wing it and it's not smoke and mirrors, you show comp, comp, true competency and true trust to your customer, they will buy from you. Just take that as a rule of thumb, whether you're selling millions of dollars' worth of projects or you're selling a bathroom renovation project, Okay. You need to show competency, you need to show trust, all right, intrinsically. And then once you've got that and then you prove that, that competence and trust that they gave you was true and it worked and they gave, you ended up giving them a great experience about building their bathroom, then they're going to refer you because then they're going, hold on, I'm going to take a leap of faith and I think you're competent because you've shown me that. I'm going to trust you because you've shown me good integrity so far. And then you proved it. And once you've proved it, they're going, well, why wouldn't I tell other people about this? And that's kind of what happened for me, thankfully, with my business. So I'm not really doing much in the way of marketing. It's more about more network. And my network works for itself, thankfully, at this point in time.
2: Yeah. So, so in can I just ask, Nasa, so you've, you just said you've sort of figured out that you want to be an advisor, right? And you're not going to be everything to everyone. So if someone comes to you and says, can you coach me? That's well, not what I do. You know, can you consult You're probably at the point now where you go, no, I can't do that. Maybe, maybe not. It's the same thing in our industry where you've got. I've spoken to bathroom renovators before, and it's like, okay, so you know, we talk about how you do it, how many teams, blah blah. But you notice that they will still, you know, a bathroom renovator is still jumping on a roof and maybe replacing gutters, and they're still doing sewer chokes, and they're still, they haven't even defined what they want to do and and it's almost like uh, they're trying to be everything to everyone so they never end up perfecting – if they want to just do sewer chokes and that's all they want to do, that's fine. You get that and you make it – you be the best, you know, person who's going out and cleaning sewers out. But when when it comes to what we do, I've found, you know, with bathroom renovations, there's a lot of moving parts, right? And and the tradies out there that try to get into bathrooms, some of them probably even struggle to – uh, in whatever trade they are, let's say they're a they're a plumber, they might struggle to even employ one plumber, and then they do they try all these different things, but they don't actually stop, take check, what suits themselves. Like you, you've figured out and gone, well, actually, I want to be part of something. I don't want to just go into a, a consult and then get out of there and make a bit of money. You want to actually have an impact, but and you don't deviate from that, right? So it's the same thing with us. Um, it's you know we've figured out what we want, what suits us, and we sort of focus, hone on and, and try obviously to perfect that as much as possible. Like with someone who's uh, a tradesman trying to get into bathrooms, like they are really, what would you say like at, at where you are at your point, these guys, you know, that are trying, and, and I'm talking about the person that's trying to get into bathroom renovations, that's starting bathroom renovations from a trade, like what is what would you say is the very, very first thing that they would do? Because they're not going to an advisor, they're not really probably going to a consultant, are they? What are they actually doing? I think you've got to have a
0: uh, you've got to have a definite idea of what you want to be. Right? Um, You said that earlier, and the first question I would say ask is not maybe do, but ask yourself this question: Do I want to be a bathroom renovator, or do I want to run a bathroom renovations company? Hmm. Because they are two different things. Although there are a lot of people out there who own an ABN, are registered with ASIC, yeah. but they're bathroom renovators. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you understand what I'm saying there, right? So, you know, and if you are, con- and that's where you make that decision. Like, okay, do I um, get back on the tools and go and do something yeah. for this bathroom, or do I get enough business where I have somebody else do that?
2: Yeah, and that, and that was one of my questions. Is is that person who's on site renovating bath like they're not running at this point? They're not running a business that renovates bathrooms. They're renovating bathrooms. Yeah, they're doing a job. Their their desire is to run a business that renovates bathrooms. And you said you know about consultants and, and understanding blah blah. blah. Are, are they recruiting someone on site to help buy them time, or are they trying to? You know, we're talking about systems policies procedures and and creating them and setting them up takes a lot of time and effort. Are they trying to do that while they're on site? Are they trying to recruit their site team to take the pressure and alleviate that time restraint to then go and work on their processes so then they can get more business to then get more stuff? Like how would you, what would you say to the guy that's on site? He's busting his ass. He's working day and night. What is, what is he doing specifically to help him not renovate bathrooms, but to help start grow a business that's renovating bathrooms. Well you've got to start with a plan—a plan in your
0: head. You start to start to measure what you're doing, yep. so that you can have um, uh, oversight on the capital in the business, on the revenue in the business, or the cash flow in the business, yep. so that you can start to allocate specific uh, cash flow costs or expenses to other resources so that you can now start to do other things to grow the business. I said earlier that, you know, if you want to, uh, at the, when you start your, your whatever business it is that you're starting, this case is Bathroom Renovations, mm-hmm. you've got to be able to do the job really well yep. and then you've got to, and that's where you've got to plan and okay, go, I want to become a business that looks like this but i got to start at the job. So I start doing jobs really, really well. I look at the efficiencies of that job. I understand what my GP related is, a GP meaning gross profit is, in relation to my net profit. You need to understand a PL from day dot. Don't even kid yourself.
2: You but what just, about the guy that doesn't understand? Where's where's he out. Yeah. And where's he going? Is he just, is he talking to people? Is he going online? Is he doing a course? Well, you know, the first place to start is, if you're going to start a business, you've got an accountant. Now, an accountant
0: has to register your your financials.
1: Yeah, so audited financials—that's
0: a P and L right there. So don't overlook it. Ask your accountant to explain it to you, or get a coach who will explain it to you. Yeah. All right. They will explain the detail of that of that uh, P and L. Every coach, any consultant, any advisor with the weight and salt must be able to explain that and understand, explain the relevance of that. So understand your your economics that are running your business find where there are uh, holes fix those holes find where there are avenues for you to create efficiencies create those efficiencies and in that you will start to see extra revenue that you can now start to allocate to somebody else being on the tools rather than yourself and if I go back to the idea of when do you start to grow your business in an expansive way you've got to be able to have that and replicate that so now you've Found the efficiencies, you don't have as many holes, you're not 100%, we've already established that, you're running at 65 to 80%, hopefully up towards the 80% mark. And then you've got enough wherewithal within your cash flow to have somebody else come in and do, what, do it the way you want them to, not they come in and start doing it the way they want it to, that's how you're going to replicate that. Now you've got two different ways of doing the same thing, and one of them's right, it's yours, the way you do it. So... Make sure that you document that. You've got the systems. It's clear. It's communicated. And they can communicate with you and you've got oversight over it. And then once you've got somebody in there, that's when you start looking at growing your business because now you've got time to do the other things that it takes for a business to grow. And what I mean by that is now you need to establish more marketing. Now you need to establish more of a brand position. You need to do more. Your website needs to be upped. It's not just we do jobs let's go and do it, it's we are a Bath and Renovations business and we have um, standards and we have suppliers and we have all the people we talk to, we now have a position. And people, when they talk of it, such as they do about Navali, they're going, oh, I know who Navali is, this type of business. Uh, And that allows you to then start to grow. So it's a process. There's a lot of graft in between. (laughs) There's a lot of times where you're going, why am I still doing this? It's usually because you don't have the capital. And if you look at the capital in your cash flow, it's usually because you're not efficient. It's usually because you're not fixing your mistakes yeah. or you're not focusing on your holes. So get those things right and then you'll start to progress because you'll see more time to you in your hands. Yeah. And then you start to apply different things to your time and that's the transition from doing bathroom renovations to becoming an owner of a bathroom renovations
1: business. Yeah. You've touched on a lot of important points of what your role does. I love that. I think if we kind of like recap and kind of help the listeners out there, you've talked about just about um you know the difference between a consultant and advisor. You know, when do you when what's the difference between a renovator and a bathroom renovation company? And you just explained that. And then you talked about how you guys, like when they do decide they want to be a renovation company, like what a business advisor does when you come in and you actually go and you actually help them and you plan the expansion phase, and that actually leads on to now um, um, the expansion phase, I want to talk about is like you've already talked about. Okay, you want to build the brand, you want to build the marketing, all these other support systems, the whole back office now needs to be built, right? So, say that they're at that point and they haven't done it, um, and you're doing a client engagement what are the things that the client can do to get that ready so then you can come in and add the most enterprise value for them? Oh, that's a a broad question.
0: If the company can't run itself, then it's not ready for expansion. It's as simple as that.
2: Well, I was going to say before NASA's really come on board to help Navali, I was able to leave the business for seven weeks. We went on a European trip. The business ran. Um, I would like to say there was no issues. Uh, it kept humming. It probably didn't grow or anything like that, but it kept humming. Everything worked. Um, I was at that point before I considered, you know, an advisor to to really push and help drive Navali. Let's to keep progressing. So I don't know where you would gauge it, but like for you, got to be able to leave your business for a period of time. And that would – that would, um, you would know if you've got enough systems, policies yeah. and procedures in place to allow that to happen because most people, if they're going away for a week, it's stopped. Everything stops. They, and, and it's not even the week that they lose. They lose the week before because they're, <laughs> they're ramping down and then they're ramping up. So a week's holiday can cost uh, a, a business owner, uh, you know, really a tradie, a, a couple of weeks of, of revenue. So there's a lot of work – that I believe needs to happen uh, in order to get the business to a point where you would have someone like yourself, NASA. Yeah, I think I'm going to big note Navali here. I think one of its um, real
0: reasons for success is that it front end loads what it does. And what I mean by that is is it takes the time, effort uh, and commitment to build out certain things from the outset, understand it, what are the foundations of what we're about to do rather than jump right into it and it's not there and it's a shambles because you, you, you've, you've already got operations running right now. So, you know, uh, whenever we talk about what's next to do with Navali, we're confident that what we've just left behind is running itself. A perfect example of that is, you know, you started with your, your, your mindset around building this business was not about revenue or growth in uh, bathrooms renovated. It was about operations. If I'm going to get big, I'm going to start with operations. It's not about huge revenue. It's about making sure that my operations, that my job delivery is top notch. And what top notch is not just, oh, the customers say it's top notch. That's not enough of a tick. Is that it's replicatable, that people can walk in and they can do it. Why? Because there's communication layers around systems, policies, procedures. There's a support layer around the head office that can support these people coming through and accountabilities that are being put in place in accordance with that. Um, And once you've got that foundation layer, therefore you can deliver on a project, which is what at the end of the day you're trying to do in a multiple form is, is the way you need to go about building this. Now that means it takes longer. This is the key with a lot of business owners or people who try to own a business. They want it to happen real quick. They want the revenue to hit real quick. And you can do that by selling. There's a lot of other businesses out there in our market yeah. who are out there go out there and they sell a lot, but if you look at their reputation, the downfall of their reputation is in their operations. So you need to be able, if you're going to sell something, you need to be deliver on it. Remember, I went back to you know be competent, be trustworthy, and then deliver on that. So don't sell competency and trust without being able to deliver on it, and the delivery is in the operations. You know, um, so we did that. You, you did that very very well, and we've been I, I, I I've, with other clients, I've been. I've come in and the notion is that the operations and the foundations were ticking along nicely. And then after three to six months or even a year, you find out, ah, oh, we need to get back in. We need to go back in because you're not really there. You thought you were, but you're not. It's clear. Well, with Navali, thankfully, it's always been, oh, we're pretty good there. Let's do the next thing. And we've, it's, it's allowed us to just keep doing bigger and better things over the course of the last two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, yeah, you've raised a great point that the business needs to operate well and efficiently and effectively without the, you know, the leaks and the loose ends before you can even think about expansion. And then let's just say like everything's running smoothly, like Navali for this instance, it was running smoothly. And then what, what do you go in? was the next step? is does it start with steve has an idea where he wants to take the business or is it a bit of you saying hey i've looked at your business i've worked with you for a while maybe it needs to be there is it a bit of half half like how does that engagement work after that
0: um it's an interesting question I, I would say it's not necessarily steve nor i that decides what needs to be done it's the objectives of the business and where it's at that make us that allow us to decide um in the sense of we've talked about this we, where you we We've, we've uh, developed something that we want to uh, execute and implement on, right? And then we sort of like go, okay, the next year of this is we're not doing anything else really, really significant. We're going to consolidate on what we did yeah. because a lot of the times when you introduce something operationally into a business, you're not finding the efficiencies in the profits of the business. It's actually a cost. It, expansion is, is costly, right? Um, change is costly right uh, uh, high performance without efficiency is still costly even though it's high performance so a lot of the times and we're doing that this year right we're like focusing very heavily on we've got we've got delivery really well down pat we've got compliance down pat you know if you measured it if you're in a great place uh, we'd like to think that our customers are all referring us and giving us a huge uh, big green tick um, but are we making sure that that high performance is being delivered on at a performance, P&L performance? And that's what we're focused on. We can do both those things. We have in the past. Uh, so don't just jump from one thing, you've done it, right, great, let's go to the next thing. It's like, no, no, hold on. Let's look at the P&L of the business. Let's look at the, how we measure the business and be accountable to that measurement. And okay, okay, we're doing things really well, but we've still got a bit of holes here and there. That's what we've got to go and focus on. Sometimes they're big holes and we go and fix those things. And sometimes you've got to say, you know what, at the behest of growth or progress, I'm going to create efficiencies because, you know, I'm here for a reason. Yeah. And, and the, the perfect example of that is about enterprise value, we could keep doing great things but have really poor profit. So we could, have, we could keep increasing revenue but not a great profit. And when you get to enterprise value, when a company comes to buy you or you assess the value of your business, they're going to start with the profit, the EBITDA, right? They're going to start with what's the measurement at the end of the day that you, for all the toil and work that you put in. And if it's not great, then usually um, they're not going to get a lot of money. You're not going to get a lot of money for it or it's not of great value.
1: You know what I mean? Uh, so I think this is really relevant in the sense of like for trade businesses, Like they've, they've kind of got the company and then the, the classic expansion, um, route is to franchise and franchising. And I guess that is kind of, is, is that kind of where you start to come in that's when you, you start assessing things and is, is that kind of what franchising, um, entails? It's like an expansion, natural expansion of the business and the owner's handing off now and creating that model and expanding it. Uh, it should be it's,
0: it, well it'll growth. Uh, so you know, take the word franchise out for a second. Take the word license out. Take the word partner out. What we're looking at is is the replication of territories of areas of business that where P and L is derived from. Right. So we need to put effort in, and we need to get a gain from profit and loss on a business on an area. So every territory we run, we run it. It has to run its own business. It's a business in a box, much like any. Uh, of the guys listening right now who want to grow their business, we've said you've got to be able to replicate yourself. When you replicate yourself, you can only measure that replicated territory, so to speak, or that business on its own merit. You can't put other costs into it and you can't take things out of it. You've got to measure it for what it does, what goes in and what comes out from that business, all the efforts of that. So you take the whole – that's what expansion is. And we can apply a franchise or a license or just organic growth or apartment growth. We can do so many different ways in order to grow your business. There's more than one. There's no cookie cutter approach, especially in Australia. There's no cookie cutter approach. You know, franchising is a is a is a, is a model, um, but it's not a cookie cutter model. And I think a lot of people, you know, sort of go, "Oh, hold on a second franchising, oh, no, I don't want to touch that, or, or it's just like this. It's not. It's a body of law, pretty much, and we just use the body of law and be compliant to that and create our own business model around it. And that's what you've got to be, especially in Australia. You know, as I say, if you can make a business work in Australia, you can pretty much make it work anywhere. We've got so many costs and so many um, uh, things thrown at you to just get the business going that it's, it's not as easy as it is overseas, and I can tell you that firsthand, you know. I did that for 14 years overseas. It's, it's a hard place to grow a business. But it tests you because you're supposed to build it properly. That's all. Yeah.
1: Actually, I'm very curious now because you just talked about working overseas and comparing it with Australia. How is it like working overseas? Say say that you have um, um, like Steve's company at Avalli. How would that kind of operate where you were working at? Would that be any different of how you would do things or is it kind of as there more opportunities or are there more kind of costs? Uh, I think there's
0: more opportunities in the in the way in the in, in the dynamics of the economy that you have there. Less labour, uh, constructive laws, um, less uh, onerous government governance from the governments. Um, you can do more things a lot faster, just because there's less red tape and bureaucracy. So uh, things happen a lot faster. But no matter what. If you don't end up building a business of size with the right foundation layers and the right systems, policies, and procedures, and I am saying documented stuff, things that you can measure, right? That you can say here is the things that you can teach, people can learn, people can implement and execute on, and you can measure. If you can't have, if you don't have those things, then you will stop growing. You will be stagnant, and I can tell you now: if you are stagnant in growth, you are beginning to die. It's you don't just sit there. You know, businesses just don't sit at one spot and stay there. They don't. They either keep growing properly with value or they slow their, their plateau and then in that plateau they start to fall away.
2: I was going to say, NASA, just because the government or governance allows the business to grow quicker doesn't mean it's better.
1: Yeah. Right. No.
2: That's, we have the ability here to double, triple, quadruple revenue in a very quick time. But we don't do it because yeah. it doesn't mean the business is going to be better. It doesn't mean our customers are going to be happier. We're just going to what, make more money. And that's not yeah. the type of business that we're going to build. And no. just like I said, just because that's there to take, it doesn't mean we take it. Let's be clear, you know, building greater
0: revenue in a business does not make you a better business. No. It doesn't make you, just because I've got revenue, it's growing. Oh, I'm a great business. No, you're not. You know, let me scratch the surface and see how it runs. And they'll tell you right now. Like there's, there's businesses out there in some of the sectors that I've worked in where they've, you know, you can have one company that's doing a certain amount of revenue and another one in the same sector doing triple the amount of revenue but making less profit yeah. and having more people coming in and, in, the, in and out of the business and the, the turnstile of staff and cost and customers they're constantly doing. It's not because they're making more money that they're better. They're not. They're obviously well, clear, clearly not. I, I think it's that's what I think, done right.
2: I think that's what happens in our industry where you've got a um, uh, sole trader out there mm. and he's making. Let's say he's making 120 grand a year mm. and he's working by himself for himself. And then he goes and employs a couple of guys, and there's a headache and a hassle. Mm. Uh, and then at the end of it, he's got three or four guys to manage, and he goes, "Man, I was making more money by myself." It's the same thing. It's like you can grow a business and have all this revenue in the world, but it doesn't mean it's going to be better than you just going out there and swinging a hammer yourself. So if you're not going to invest in and build the foundation, like I even look at where we are now, and I still think that I I would say we're still tying steel in the footings of a of a construction. We're still in the ground. We're still building. Like we're not we're not you know just moving forward. We're we're still fixing or building policies and procedures and refining and the next part of the business. And we're not going to keep moving forward, which we could easily do, Um, but how strong and stable our business is, it's it's not going to be um, a a very, you know, solid um, future. Yeah, Yeah. if you go out to – like, if you bring it down to that that, that sole trader
0: who's now wanting to just grow a little bit organically, right – Uh, I would suggest, guys, that you um, plan out the next two years. So where do I want to be at the end of two years? And, you know, write down, like, with revenue, I want to be here. Staff, I want to be here. The capability of my staff, I want to be here. The reputation of my business, I want to be here. The the leads generated uh, on my pipeline needs to be at this level. My ability to sell at a conversion rate on that pipeline needs to be at this level outline that stuff for yourself, which a coach can help you with. That's not an issue. They can help you with that sort of stuff um, for two years. Don't go more than two years, all right? You've got an idea of where you want to be. Don't go more than two years. And then go out for the next 12 months and then plan, like before you step out, you've got a two-year plan. What is that first year going to be look like? What do I need to be at the end of the year in order for me to get to the next year's, next year, the second year's achievement, right? And then execute and get that done. And a lot of that stuff is not about extra revenue. It's not about the glory. It's about hard work. And it's about mundane hard work. It's about putting systems, it's about documenting. It's about sitting there and writing down what do I need these people to do? My trade assistant. Yeah, it's hard work. It's hard work. What is my trade assistant? What is my site supervisor if I need it? What is my site manager going to need to do when I'm not there to do it the way I need them to do it consistently? Right? That's what you need to start putting into place, and once you've got that, it's done. All you're doing is tweaking it thereafter. That's what we do. We're always just we're tweaking it. I mean, our, our, our head of operations, he's tweaking things with our guidance. We're measuring it. We're going, oh, look, we think we could do better here. Yeah. This is probably where well, we didn't think about that. It's starting to creep up. It happens too often. Okay, let's fix that. And that's what you've got to do. Um, that's why I go back to front-end, loans. Your, your business. Do the right things first. Get it set up right. Yeah. Document it. Get it right. And then get to the next year. And you'll see what you need. You'll feel easily. You, you, you'll see the nouse. You'll go, right, I got here. Or I, well, I know exactly what I need yeah. to do next. I need to build this. Yeah. And as, as the years progress and you keep driving the business, not the revenue, driving the business, as a leader, you'll progress and your business will start to have better foundations for it to grow without it giving itself further risk. And you don't fall into that realm where I now have three or four site managers or three or four jobs going or six jobs a month. Yeah, it yeah, and over. it all falls over. Or you're sitting there going, worse yet, you're all sitting there going, I'm working my butt off twice as hard as I used to and I'm making half the money. And I would say that's common. No, absolutely. Yeah. Not just in your sector. No, no yeah, and I business. think, yeah,
1: same thing. I think we're running out of time, and I think it's a good time to wrap it up. Um, you know, Thank you so much, Naz, for jumping on, and Steve for coming back. Do you guys have anything last to say, or is it good to just end it on that note? Be prepared for hard work. <laughs> just keep doing
0: it, though. Like it's, it's, not a, it's not a walk in the
2: park, but there is a lot at the end of the tunnel. i'll I'll leave it with that that's nasa can have the last word Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) once again thank you so much nasa for coming on i think we talked about really great topics and interesting um information over there so thank you again for jumping on and steve and um thank you guys for listening in and if you have any questions just jump on the navali facebook and instagram if you have any questions and we answer them and if not we'll see you next time thank you